there were three ordinary women on what seemed like a simple mission to find a film they liked. One where women got something to do and not just look pretty or be murdered. Which, to be totally honest, has complicated matters a bit. Welcome to Flicking. Yes, it sounds a bit rude. That's the joke. Hello and welcome to Flicking, our monthly canter through some of our favourite films. Picking what we all cracked out the popcorn for this month. Mickey Nolan. Indeed. And this time I chose last year's much delayed supernatural comedy and sort of sequel, sort of reboot to one of my all time favourite films, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Actually, I am going to start by talking about another reboot, well, sort of sequel, sort of reboot, and that is Jurassic World Dominion, which is out now and takes aspects of the newer Jurassic World and blends them with a whole lot of the actors and storyline from the original and clearly the best, Jurassic Park. The creators, understanding that Spielberg et al. had nailed it the first time, just sort of made that one again. And, you know, yeah, I had a smashing time. Thanks for asking. Because franchise revival plus nostalgia fest wrapped in a big movie, it's Mickey Noonan catnip. And so, yeah, I'm going to hold my hands up at the top of this and say that it's nostalgia that makes this new film a flicking pick for me. And it's people like me that it is squarely aimed at. Hannah, I'm guessing, sorry, probably, but I am ruled by my emotions. But also, I've read a lot of mealy mouth reviews hating on this film, and I'm not precious. I'm braced. I'm braced. However, I did also think it would give us a chance to chat about 2016's Ghostbusters reboot, which incidentally, Afterlife director Jason Reitman, son of the original 1984 film's director Ivan, is a big fan of, reports that this Ghostbusters film was a plot to exercise that Ghostbusters film, a greatly exaggerated slash wrong. Take that, dude bros. I would also add that this too is a female-led Ghostbusters movie, but we'll get to that. Neither of you had seen this particular iteration of Ghostbusters before I picked it, had you? No. No, I never did, but a lot of people I know did go and see it and told me they welled up at the end and it was a really joyous film to watch that sort of got me thinking, made me curious. Okay. Addressing an audience at a fan event in 2019, Reitman said, We wanted to make a love letter to the original movie and boy has he done that. But while Afterlife pays homage virgin on worship to the much-loved 1984 film, the new setting and an earnestness that just about manages to swerve saccharine sentimentality means it still feels fresh. Uh, I am clear in saying that that is fresh rather than original. Okay, the plot. Single mum Callie, played by the superb Carrie Coon, and her two kids, 12-year-old Phoebe, that's McKenna Grace, and 15-year-old Trevor, who calls a kid Trevor these days? Yeah, I, mean, that, yeah, I thought that. <laughs> in all this film. Yeah. Anyway, that character's played by Stranger Things' Finn Wolfhard. The family are flat broke, so when Callie's errant father dies, leaving her his dilapidated farm, they relocate to Somerville, a slice of small-town America so small it may as well be the past. The 1980s, say... The errant dad I mentioned? Well, it's only Egon Spengler, one of the four Ghostbusters who saved Manhattan from spooks, spectres and ghosts back in the 80s. And it seems like granddaughter Phoebe, our neurodivergent, smart as paint and very engaging hero, has inherited his genius for science, if not his collection of spores, moles and fungus. Which frankly is a relief because Somerville is the new spook central. 
Turns out Goza, you remember, Goza the Destructor, Enby with a flat top hairdo, has set up camp in an old disused mine and is keen on, well, destruction. Just as soon as they can assemble their terror dogs, Zool and Vince Clortho, aka the Gatekeeper and the Keymaster. They have names, do they? They do. Well, well done. I knew them from the first one because uh. I've seen it a thousand and twelfty million times. And so it is up to Phoebe, her new pal podcast, joyfully played by Logan Kim in a way I've seen described as a miniature John Candy, and I'm on board with that. Trev and his new pal Lucky, Celeste O'Connor, criminally underused. And summer school teacher, science buff and Ghostbusters fan, Gary Gruber, hello Paul Rudd, to save the town with a little help from a few familiar faces. One final thing before we get into the chat. It does address some of the problematic Venkman behaviour from the original, albeit as a credits rolling afternote, but still, it is something. As we discovered on an earlier flicking, neither of you were huge fans of the original Ghostbusters. Okay, that is correct. I'm not a huge fan of Ghostbusters, but however, the way you worded it made me sound like I had no time for it at all, and that that is the truth. I'm hopeful that our listeners have listened to that flicking, and if not, please do, to know that, yeah, you had many more issues with it than I did although they were the same issues I'm just a bit more forgiving because I love it so much I guess that's more accurate but you are both big fans with less caveats of the 2016 Kate McKinnon Kristen Wiig Leslie Jones and Melissa McCarthy reboot aren't you yes me too I'd like to know why you two love it the woman one the woman one I think because kind of the reason that you mentioned earlier I think you you have to when you when you make something or reboot it or whatever, you've got to be really careful not to exactly retread what you've done, but just with the thing that you're doing slightly differently. So it's exactly the same thing, but with women. Mm-hmm. And I was glad that they avoided that. I thought that was like a really good decision to kind of reframe it entirely with new characters. And and like most of the people involved in it, you know, yeah. Kristen Wiig, Melissa McCarthy, Kate McKinnon our friend and and tea maker Chris Hemsworth <laughs> yeah Leslie Jones so yeah um and also I, I suppose I did feel some moral obligation mm. to go and watch it with, with the amount of shit that was talked about it as well interesting I mean you basically covered all the reasons why I like it too but also it's really really funny I would say as well yeah Kate McKinnon's really funny isn't it? what about you Yosra I just think it had a really good energy. A bit like what Hannah was saying, it was quite respectful to the original. Um, it wasn't a carbon copy. It was fresh. It had great cast. But the energy, the humour, I mean, I did go, as you've mentioned, I'm not that wedded to Ghostbusters as a franchise. <laughs> mm. I went out of moral obligation to go and, and see the film. And I actually remember reviewing it for, for Standard Issue, gosh, six years ago, my goodness. But it just felt really joyous to watch yeah I'm like Hannah I love pretty much everyone in it individually so to see them all in the same film it was really cool I'm a fan of that one I'm interested to know what you make of my claim that this new Ghostbusters is also female led so I'd like to know what you think about the character of Phoebe I don't like her in exactly the same way that I don't like Elliot because we watched E.T. recently she reminds me of Elliot oh and I found her to be yeah kind of really for something that's like the thing that is good about Ghostbusters is that it's campy fun I found her to be way too earnest a character to be sitting in a film that is quite campy fun oh 
I quite liked her. I connected with her more than some of the other characters. I mean, it's relying on tropes that we've seen before with, you know, the cute kid who's really into science and Mm. is the one that kind of has a lot of the moral compass in the film. But I did like her. I do slightly disagree, Mickey, with your your point about it being female-led, because although she has quite a significant part, I think the mother character... And the love interest for I kept calling him Mike because I couldn't get on with Trevor, and I just kept calling him Mike because of Stranger Things. But I, I don't think they really have much to do. They're sort of just there with the odd, the odd line. So although it's female led from that one character, I think actually it could have they could have developed some of the other female characters more. Oh, the character of Lucky is terrible. Like it's, it's not that really Celeste cool. O'Connor's great, yeah. but she's so underdrawn. She has very little to do apart from be there and look pretty and be something for Trevor to aspire to and be a hero for. Yeah, I thought that was quite disappointing. Yeah, I would have just liked to seen those characters fleshed out a, a little bit. Which, being who I am, it did take away from the film slightly, especially when you're comparing it to 2016's Ghostbusters, which is absolutely female-led and really mm. joyous to watch. So, but if yeah. we compare it to 1984 Ghostbusters, it's a huge step. <laughs> That's, true. A huge step That's true. And there's there's less predatory behaviour, so you know. Totally. I don't know whether you <laughs> but... stuck around until after the credits, where it actually addresses that or not. I didn't, but I watched it on an illegal streaming service, so it kind of stopped at some point. Go back, and this is, might sound completely counter to everything that feminists say about films. Watching it, for me, absolute star of the show, as you say, podcast, brilliant. He's amazing. Oh, uh, I love just, him. Uh, and I thought, do you know what? I'd quite like to see that be the female character. That the female character, okay, she gets to do the, that she gets to be the hero, she gets to do the brain stuff, you know, and she gets to work shit out and all of that. But having had an all-female Ghostbusters in which they already showed that, you know, I actually thought it would be quite nice if she got to be, the, the female character got to be the joy in it rather than it be the male character. And she got to be the somewhat joyless character that she was, I thought. Why couldn't podcast have been a woman? Interesting. I really like those two together. I mean, there's no reason that podcast couldn't have also been a woman. Yeah, yeah. Podcast was my favourite character. Podcast was I your mean... favourite character, Yosra. Yeah, every time podcast was on screen, I was happy. The, the <laughs> only thing that I thought could have topped it, and that it's because, A, what we do for a living, and B, me been watching uh, Odie Murders in the Building, which I absolutely adore. Love that show. And that Martin Shaw always has that fucking Zoom in his hand, and he's holding it out. And I thought the only thing that could have been better was if podcast was actually live podcasting it. <laughs> but that said, he has to hold other things in his hands. Because yes. Yeah, so it doesn't actually work. He has to hold a lot of props from the 1984 film in his hands. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just so we know there's a link to the past. Yeah, also I wish they'd given him a proper name as well as podcast. Seems a little bit dismissive. Yeah, yeah, mm. I do agree with I that. I mean, is it a little bit... It isn't just Ghostbusters that I see in this. It's grabbed loads of stuff. And is he essentially, and I can't remember what he's called... From the Goonies. From the Goonies, techno, is he, what's he called? Gadget. Oh, Gadget, maybe. Yeah. I can't remember. So is it, it's something like that. Yeah. So it feels slightly, yeah, 
It does make me laugh that he's given himself his own nickname, though. That is genuinely enjoyable. Podcast. Yeah. Because of my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but which one of us should be called podcast? We'll, we'll talk about this off air. Yeah. I don't want to fight on air. <laughs> so I am sensing from your reactions so far that neither of you were keen. So uh, tell me more about how you felt about the film as a whole. I wasn't not keen. I just wouldn't watch it again is that because you had to watch it twice because of time i did have to watch it twice because i watched <laughs> oh. it way i watched it way too early i watched it before i went on holiday then went to the theater three times then watched an entire series <laughs> of the lazarus project and then thought i can't remember a fucking thing that happened in that <laughs> which isn't necessarily a great sign is it so i did watch it a second time and i probably wouldn't watch it a third time i thought it was fine i didn't think it was bad i think it was designed to appeal to people who like Ghostbusters, which is you and not necessarily me. I think there were a couple of bits that were quite quite nice, like it's Birkin Woodbine, he gets the line, who yeah. are you gonna call? Yeah. And I, I quite enjoyed that. I thought the little marshmallow, like monsters <laughs> were actually quite endearing. Yeah. yeah, there was so there were things, but there were other things where it felt really heavy handed in its sort of callback to Ghostbusters. But maybe it's not, maybe it's just because I'm not a huge fan. Maybe that should have been its tagline. Who are you going to call back? Go <laughs> yeah. I think I'm in a similar vein. It's not that I didn't enjoy it. It's just that I don't think I'm the target audience for it. Because as we've discussed, I wasn't particularly in love with the first Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more, I don't know, innovation in it. Something a bit more creative in the film. Because I, when I watched it, I just felt like that it was very much a nostalgia project Mm -hmm. which is fine for people that want that but for me it just meant I wasn't thoroughly invested in it and there's a lot of hark backs to the old to the 1984 film there's a lot of sort of in jokes and stuff and even though I've seen it they still went like straight straight past me so I just I think I just wanted something that was more for let's say a neutral audience but I don't like being too negative about it because it's not like I hated it. There were parts that, you know, obviously we just talked about podcasts. There were parts I really, really enjoyed. And even I did get a slight welling of the eye at the very end. It is um, kind of 10, manipulative. 15 minutes. Yeah. It is emotionally manipulative, <laughs> yes. But it did, I am, I cry in everything. So obviously it was going to work <laughs> on me. What I would say about that, though, is one of the things I think it did well about the end, which was ridiculously sentimental, et cetera, et cetera. But... I think what it did quite well was it actually realised that, you know, Carrie Coon's character has an inner life, which is what so often the mother doesn't get in this film. It Mm -hmm. actually acknowledged that really, much as the kids were making this all about them, it was nothing to do with them. It was her that had been abandoned Mm. as a child and it was her place to forgive him if she wanted to. So I thought that was actually like credit where credit's due. It, It it put the focus of that sentiment on the correct character rather than quite often mothers are just seen as literally people who just they're just a facade and hollowed out inside so um I thought that was that was well done and that that is the bit that moved me but anything to do with sort of father-daughter relationships or anything like that I, I don't know I just I just start going so it, welcome it, to the club <laughs> I was gonna say I'm gonna say it's purely our target audience yeah totally I mean I don't know if you want to answer this Vic so uh, if you don't want to answer it feel free to cut it out but is there something about that that speaks to you as someone who, you know, didn't grow up with their dad? Do you know what? Obviously, I've thought about that. Three reasons I get sentimental and, and teary all four times I've watched this at the end. One, 
for you guys like there's so many easter eggs this film is just it's just basically one big easter egg for ghostbusters and that is really close to my heart i love that film so it gets me that way and harold ramis was amazing and really important and i think it's lovely that they got to say goodbye to him on screen and i think it's really nicely done it is very sweet sweet rather than saccharine but fucking only just i've got to say Secondly, the father-daughter thing. Now, it's interesting because obviously there's not going to be... I mean, he's not dead, but if he came back at a ghost, I just don't know that it'd be the same sort of resonance as to why my dad left, as to why her dad left. I'm pretty sure Andrew Noonan is not somewhere saving the world. He's saving his world. And I'm kind of okay with that these days, which is good, but, you know, hard won. Mm. But the third thing that, that really gets me is a line that Winston says when Ernie Hudson looks over at the ghost of Egon of Harold Ramis and he just says I should have called I miss you my friend and having lost a very dear friend recently that really gets me in the fields as well so there are lots of reasons why this film at the end sort of speaks to me uh, without trying to sound like an absolute wanker Uh, and I think yeah is resonant for me in different ways if that answers your question it does I did think it's just one Easter egg. It's just a big Easter egg. And it's it's sort of a shame that they haven't added more for a new audience. I think that's why they've got Finn Wolfhard and he's expected to do a lot of the heavy lifting, bring in the kids who watch Stranger Things. I think he's really good. Like, just as a rule, really good. I mean, I've gone off Stranger Things, as we all know. Stopped enjoying it after about season one and stopped watching it after season two or three. But he is actually, I think, genuinely really flexible doesn't sound that's probably not the right word is it as an actor because I watched the other day I watched The Goldfinch the Donna Tartt book yeah which is adapted from the just amazing Donna Tartt oh, book it's and so it, good. Is, it is really flat it is unbelievably yeah, flat however Finn Wolfhard's Boris is amazing like he as okay. young Boris is absolutely fantastic far and away the best thing in it so I think he is really good. It probably doesn't get enough to do here, but of that batch of young actors in Stranger Things, I think he's probably the one that's, that's actually got it. My favourite Easter egg that they've taken from the original Ghostbusters is the original music and the way they use that. I think that is really, really well done. And actually, I mean, it's not subtle because you recognise it, but I think it works really well. Okay, question. Mm. Like, J.K. Simmons is in it for like first three minutes. <laughs> yeah. So, is, is that a callback to something else that I haven't registered, or is he just fancied being in a Ghostbusters film for five minutes? I think the latter. Right, okay. And actually, that gets me on to talking about Carrie Coon and Paul Rudd. And I agree with you, Yosarin, that I think. And I think it's because she's Carrie Coon, you want her to do more because she's amazing. Whereas I do agree with what Hannah said, that actually she does get quite a rounded character for a mum role when the kids are the stars of the show. But I really love Paul Rudd and Carrie Coon very much indeed. And I think it's great to see them having what's clearly a lovely time because they're playing their own version of roles that must have loomed really large in their own childhoods, particularly Paul Rudd, I think, who would have been like nine when Ghostbusters came out. And also the way they play against each other. There's a really lovely, neat, deadpan banter, which I enjoyed and was sort of romantic, but without being soppy. I I thought they were really good together. Yeah, I think he gets most of the funny lines. The bit where he gets cracked out of the shell at the end and he says something like, my hands hurt from all the... Galloping. 
galloping and, and it's like a really throwaway line but it really made me snort laugh yeah it made yeah. me laugh <laughs> yeah he, I mean Paul Rudd is just such a bankable actor to have in a film like this he's just you you know he's going to be great in it but I do agree that you do get the sense when you're watching it that he and Carrie Coon are just loving being in a Ghostbusters film and why wouldn't you I mean it it, it just looks really fun and I really enjoyed their dynamic too yeah, I really Yeah, like there's a funny bit where she bites that flower. <laughs> yes, yeah, 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 yeah. And I guess, like, I think she does get some funny lines, but I guess he is the more renowned comic actor than Carrie Coon's quite a serious actress, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Um, right, so one last question. What did you think of the original cast cameos? They were pretty expected, really. Yeah. And that's a bit, but then again, of course they were, because I knew they were coming because. Obviously, the film came out when was it last, end of last November twenty twenty one. November, yeah. yeah. But I I enjoyed them. I thought it's quite nice to see them. And actually, you know, as a, as I could again for the audience that it's made for people who love Ghostbusters, it it is a delight. I mean, especially in those more saccharine moments towards the end, I had to kind of just forget that and just go with it. Um, but no, I'm I was I was fine with it. Yeah, I mean, it was a little bit, I'm getting too old for this shit, wasn't it? Um, uh, it They are quite old now. (laughs) It is absolutely what you'd expect. I I could have pre-written that and it it had gone almost exactly as it did because it was so crowd-pleasery. But I don't have any problems with saying Bill Murray or, you know, Ernie Hudson or Dan Aykroyd in stuff. Yeah. Did the film essentially say, yes, you know women and children can certainly get you to the line but it takes three men to get you over the line is, is was that the message at the end i don't know i i i like it so i'm gonna say no but i do hear where you're coming from but i'm just I, like i don't la, think la, so la. actually <laughs> i think they were all a bit useless it was really um egon sort of saves the day with phoebe yeah, with yeah. phoebe i think that you know phoebe does get a lot to do there and she is really the kind of saviour well that's how I saw it anyway because mm. I thought when the other three came along I, they didn't really add much to the plot for me but it was nice to see them I'd, I'd say Phoebe Phoebe carries a lot of it it's all about family Hannah family yeah. that's what keeps <laughs> she, us going she looks a lot like a young kin and Shipka yeah to the degree yeah, that I does. had to google her to see whether that was her younger sister or something <laughs> it's like uncanny like yeah. in about season three of Mad Men, they look identical. Apparently, she's also in The Handmaid's Tale, but I gave up on that when Offer just became basically a, a womb on the run. I was like, no, I can't yeah. be doing with this. When it became full on torture porn. Yeah, totally. Right. Well, I, I don't think my flicking pick has been a massive success for you, but I will just re- reiterate that I've had a lovely time. <laughs> and oh. I think, Yosra, it is your pick next. What are we watching? Okay, I don't. I'm not sure how you two are going to react to this at all. Um, I'm quite nervous to pick it, but I'm actually going to go for Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, the animation that came out. Oh, I've heard only good things. Ago, I'm not sure what how you think about superhero films or Spider-Man. Hey, sorry, but... an animation. Yes, uh, it's an I've, animation. I've never even heard of it. Then I thought oh. I, that you were, we were going to be watching Tom Holland. We are not watching Tom Holland. No, this is this is quite different and. I'm, you know, okay with these films, but this one really surprised and amazed me. So I'm, I'm going to pick that for something a bit different. Yosra, if it makes you feel a little bit more confident, until I moved house three years ago, I had a Spider-Man poster up. Okay. <laughs> well, then your take will be really interesting. 
standard issue for all women.